0: rightlist.io. Good afternoon and welcome to the Right Fit Podcast. I'm Daryl Jacobs, your host. Join me every Friday at noon Eastern time with guests who are decision makers in both collegiate athletics and professional sports. But joining me today is the Senior Associate Athletic Director at Georgia State University, Ms. Kelsey Rogier. Kelsey, welcome to the show, buddy. Daryl, thanks for having me,
1: man. I'm excited.
0: Well, thank you for coming on. Thank you for taking time out your busy schedule. As you know, being fellow broadcasters for ESPN, I know your time is consumed, but you do a lot more than I do. We're going to talk about what you do at Georgia State University. But before we get into the Q&A, talk a little bit about your journey into collegiate athletics and why.
1: Yeah. So, you know, I do a lot of speaking to a lot of uh, undergrad and grad programs. And, you know, I have to remind them there's really no blueprint to this, right? Um, I grew up around athletics. Um, and obviously a former basketball player, Pat summit was who I idolized. I wanted to be Pat summit. I wanted to be a coach, went to camps over the summer, um, and then got a chance to play at Georgia state. Um, and so I played for Lee Henry who actually played for Pat summit, who was an Olympian. Um, so although I couldn't get to Pat summit, I got to the next best thing who somebody played for her and, uh, what a fantastic experience. And she really just opened my eyes up to, all the different levels and different departments and pieces that actually make the game work, right? And so for me, I knew I wanted to be in athletics. I thought I wanted to be a coach because of Pat Summit, um, And then I quickly realized coaching is, is a year-round job. Um, and 18 to 22-year-olds will dictate a lot of times whether or not you have a job, uh, is what my former coach told me. And I kind of took that to heart. And so I like consistency. I knew I wanted a family. Um, And so I tried to figure out what my way into athletics was really going to be. And my former coach, Lee Henry, offered me my first job back into collegiate athletics. Um, And the rest is kind of history of trying to navigate where I sit today.
0: Well, you hold so many roles at Georgia State University. So that segues into my next question. Talk about your roles at GSU Athletics.
1: Yeah, so you know the title's long, but I don't get caught up on titles, right? Um, I have oversight of five sports: uh, women's basketball, men's soccer, women's soccer, court volleyball, and beach volleyball. And then I also have several departments: uh, compliance, academics, uh, sports medicine, strength and condi- conditioning, and life skills. Um, and then I'm the Title IX liaison and the, the chief diversity officer. So. You know, what I love about athletics is no day is ever the same. Depending upon who's in season, who's out of season, the needs and the wants look completely different. Right. Um, And so, you know, I get to touch so many different pieces that help make Georgia State's athletic department work. And I'm just blessed and honored to just be a small part of the success that we have.
0: You know, one of the things people like to talk about in terms of as the show is called The Right Fit. A lot of times we talk about culture. And culture is so important from the standpoint of who fits into the culture and what kind of culture has been created. Talk about the culture at culture, excuse me, culture at GSU.
1: Yeah. So you know, first and foremost, I think family is the the best fit um, word for our culture. Um, our athletic director Charlie Cobb is phenomenal um, and really embraces and promotes us bringing our families around, spouses, kids, aunts, uncles, neighbors. Um, to practices, to games, to his suite, um, you name it, um, fall, spring meetings, uh, conference meetings. Um, and so I think that's super important to have a leader who understands and embraces family. Uh, we, as administrators and coaches, usually spend more time with each other than we do our own family. So it's really nice to kind of have that culture where we can embrace that. Um, you know, I think couple of other words that come to my mind when I think about Georgia State's culture is growth. Um, you know, we were kind of that little brother in, in Georgia and became the largest university in the state of Georgia when we consolidated. And the adding the football team in 2010, the facilities projects that are going on, the convocation center is going on. Um, So growth in a lot of different ways, growth in the holistic university, but also the athletic department and what we're doing and then just the people. Right. Our athletic director gives a lot of autonomy and he hires you to do a job and expects that you're going to do that job. You're the right fit to do that job. Um, And so there's not a lot of micromanaging, which which leads to people being able to grow, to make a few more mistakes. We're not necessarily under the microscope as some other P5s. Right. Um, and so really just being able to grow as people in a university, um, is, is spectacular. And I think the last thing is supportive. Um, you know, we don't have 25,000 fans, um, you know, that show up at a stadium or a facility. Um, and so it's important that we create a culture of supporting one another, um, and, and getting our community involved in supporting our community as well. So we try to do a really good job of supporting our local community, but then internally just supporting each other.
0: A lot of times the word P5 and G5, and a lot of people ask me, what is that? What is the P5 and G5? Talk a little bit about, explain the difference there, because we have a lot of coaches that watch the show as well as viewers and listeners around the country. But when you talk about collegiate athletics, when they hear P5, somebody said, what is a P5 and what is it meant by G5? Talk about that. Explain the difference.
1: Great, great question. And, you know, I I love to give it to you straight and raw, right? So P5, power five. G5, group of five, and I'll be honest with you, Daryl, and anybody else that's watching, resource is the biggest difference, right? Um, The funding model um, and what those resources are provided is really the biggest difference. Uh, When you talk about talent, I, I can't say that P5s and G5s don't have kids on various teams, whether it's tennis, golf. It doesn't always have to be football and men's basketball, right? There's talented kids in the group of five that could be playing power five because, but they want to stay closer to home or, you know, the fit was just right for the culture of this different school in a group of fives. So, you know, I think really it's just the resources that uh, are provided to the power fives versus the group of fives.
0: And I just want to let the viewers and listeners know, you know, there's maybe about eight division one institution that actually operates in the black, you know, a lot of these institutions do not make money and people think it's a money maker, but a lot of them do not make money. It's only about eight, I believe, that's operating in the black across the country. And I think Texas is probably leading that, that charge in terms of being in the black as well. Talk a little bit about your personal interview experience in collegiate athletics.
1: So I think this one is a really interesting one for me because again, um, my interview experience has been my daily work. I have now completing 13 years at Georgia State. It's the only institution that I've actually been at. Um, and But I've sat in multiple seats. Um, and so I've technically gone through one real interview when, when my position was riffed as a basketball administrator. Um, and the previous athletic director was trying to hire back for an executive assistant for her. I went through that interview process once. Um, but you know, again, I tell young people all the time and I'm a true testament of it. People are watching you every day, watching what you do every single day. Um, and so I have been elevated and promoted and kept on staff. I've been retained by coaches, retained by ADs, um, because of my daily grind, my daily work ethic, um, and who I am and my core values.
0: Let's talk about some of the things you learned along the way, because that's important. You know, the, the, the failures. A lot of people don't like to talk about their failures and some of the things. Everybody wants to talk about the triumph. But a lot of times there's been a lot of challenges and, and a lot of things that happen behind the scenes. Even when I talk to people about where I'm at now, I say, you have no have no idea how many times I've failed and how many sleepless nights I've, I've had in this regard. But the most important thing, I'd like to share what I've learned from those experiences. Talk about some of the things you learned along the way.
1: Sure. Um, you know, so I think one of the biggest things that um, I heard the ADF Pitt talk about on a, on a podcast or on a panel was she was the person who kept her head down all the time, did her job to the best of her ability. Um, and, and Jean Smith asked her one day, what's next for you? She's like, well, a laundry list of things. He's like, no, 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 no. Tell me what's next for you in your career. I was that person I feel like I've been elevated because I kept my head down. I kept my nose clean. I I have a high work ethic. But at the end of the day, one thing I have learned is that you're only going to go so far with how good you are. You've got to let people know what your goals and aspirations are. And so if there's one thing earlier in my career I wish I would have done is broaden my network and really let people know that this is my aspiration. This is my goal. And it might sound silly right at first, you know, being an administrative assistant for a women's basketball team to say, I want to be an athletic director one day. Um, But those that laugh, usually you laugh, laugh uh, back. Right. And so I think that's the first thing for me is letting people know what your goals and aspirations are, being able to let people help you. Um, The other thing I think I've learned um, is how to communicate better. My job is being a good communicator and learning personalities, whether it's coaches or department heads. Some people just like that A to A conversation. It's very business-like. And then other coaches, and again, in season and off season is different. Um, You know, you can go in there and talk about family and talk about life and and ask questions. You know, if I'm not versed in a sport, I can ask questions. Well, what was the set you were running or why did you substitute this person? Um, and nobody's offended by those conversations. So I think being able to communicate better um, is something that I've certainly learned. And honestly, that's an ongoing process.
0: Well, let's take a commercial break. I got to pay some bills along the way here before I get in trouble, Kelsey. So we'll come back and we'll finish this conversation talking about the right fit. Uh, we have Kelsey Rogier, associate Senior Associate Athletic Director at Georgia State University. We'll be back in one minute, one second.
1: The Right Fit Podcast is brought to you by Rising Coaches Search and Consulting. Tired of spending what seems like all of your time and budget filling coaching vacancies? Let Rising Coaches Search and Consulting handle your next coaching search. Our process is simple. We identify, vet, and recruit a talented and diverse group of professionals that fits your institution's profile. All for a low price that we guarantee will beat our competitions. Plus, all of your searches will be handled by former coaches, meaning we will get the best possible insight on all of your candidates and you'll get the perspective that only a former coach could provide. For testimonials, a full client list or more information, please visit risingcoaches.com.
0: Welcome back to the Right Fit Podcast. I'm Daryl Jacobs, your host. I'm here with my guest today, Senior Associate Athletic Director at Georgia State University, Kelsey Rogier, and we're talking about the right fit. The next question I want to get into, and and I kind of hit on it a little bit before, um, based on the culture, resources, location, and facility at GSU, describe the type of individual that may be the ideal fit. And the reason why I ask that question, Kelsey, because a lot of coaches, this is the right fit, this is the coach, they under the impression sometimes that going into a situation they can change it you know they want it to fit them instead of being able to understand what resources what the culture is what's available to them and the realistic expectations in that regard so talk about those things in terms of who would be the ideal fit an example possibly whether it's an administrative role or coaching role if they're going to be considered for an opportunity at georgia state university
1: Yeah, so these are kind of broad, but, you know, I've sat on a lot of interviews. Although I haven't been interviewed myself, I get to interview a lot of people. You know, and I I feel like I'm a pretty good listener to what our coaches and those search committees are talking about. And so I I think one of the big things is being a self-starter, a self elevator. We have three facilities right now, uh, Daryl, and we're adding a fourth in a convocation center. So as a sports supervisor, I can't be everywhere all the time. Uh, And I can't have my eyes on my coaches or my department heads all the time. Um, So I need somebody who's going to be a self-starter. We're not in this small little campus feel where we see each other every day. So I've got to trust that my coaches are motivating themselves, motivating their staff, motivating their student-athletes. And the same for our department heads as well. Um, I think one other thing is I need a high work ethic, right? Um, At at Georgia State and probably a lot of institutions across the country, right, I need high work ethic. This is an industry that's not nine to five Monday through Friday. Um, And so I need somebody who's willing to put in some time, willing to put in the effort, work those late shifts um, and pick up extra duties if they want to. Because being that group of five school, we don't have the resources to have a 10 person staff. Right. Um, And so that high work ethic is super important to me. Um, and the last one is is gritty. I hear this over and over from our coaches that they try to recruit players that are gritty because that fits our mold, right? We're in downtown Atlanta. Um, and again, I talk about resources. We're up and coming for sure when it comes to resources. Um, but at the end of the day, I need somebody who's gritty, who's going to roll up their sleeves and get after it on a day-to-day basis, whether that's a coach or whether that's an administrator. So I would say those three things are probably the fit the start of the fit um edge for state
0: well staying on the topic of threes give me let's talk about the three do's and don'ts and you don't have to expound on them but the three do's of interviewing and the three don'ts when someone is interviewing based on your experience and of course sitting on many committees doing the interview process
1: so coaches are gonna love this because this is what they preach to their student athletes about practice and making them better. I'm gonna say the same thing to them. Whether you wanna be a head coach, an assistant coach or administrator, practice, practice, practice your interview skills. Write your responses down. Listen, nobody's trying to trick anybody. They're gonna ask you about your core values, right? They're gonna ask you to tell them about yourself, something they can't read on your resume, your personal statement, right? You need to be able to articulate that in a way that sounds genuine and authentic, and you don't waver from what those core values are. So I always say practice. There's I mean, there's tons of resources. You can video yourself on the phone. You can have somebody else video you, again, write it down, repeat it, look at yourself in the mirror when you're trying to practice those things. Um, one other thing is do your homework, right? you would be surprised how many people come into an interview and don't know the background of the university or the athletic department or that there was a huge win or that one of the teams. It doesn't have to be the team that you're interviewing to have the job for. Understand that your men's soccer team won the first NCAA tournament this year, right? Understand we have 250 majors at the university. Understand that we're the biggest international hub from the airport. So do your homework, right? Um, and make sure you're prepared in that way. And then everybody's gonna give you an itinerary of who you're gonna interview with. Know the people, Google them, research them, see where there's one or two degrees of separation that you can find a common ground with somebody and make that connection, right? And then you follow up with that email or that handrail that I know it's so old school, but it's still important um, and follow up and say, oh, hey, I, we're both from Michigan, right? Um, love talking to you. Hey, we both love fishing. We love to just catch up with you and, you know, go fishing. Um, so do your homework on the people who are actually interviewing you. If they're from an alma mater of some somewhere in your family, um, do that. So I think those are very important do's. Things that you don't want to do is make up a statement that's not factual about the university, about the program. Thinking you're going to guess your way um, and have a clever response, okay? Answer it honestly. There's going to be somebody sitting in that room, and even if they're not in the room, that search committee that you interviewed with are going to talk about, hey, did you ask this? What was their response? How did they act during this? So don't make anything up. Don't lie if you don't know, all right? Um, another one that just happened recently is get in and get out. When a question is asked, no more than 90 seconds, okay? Don't go on for two and a half, three minutes about a dissertation and your whole life. Again, 90 seconds max, get in, answer the question, doubt, leave time for the interviewees to ask more questions. They wanna get to know you on a different level. And a lot of times your answers will prompt them to ask you something else. So you definitely don't wanna have a two minute dissertation about, you know, answering the question um, and I, I think the last thing i would say and again this is a correlation with coaches right is when you're recruiting a kid okay it you find a disinterested kid when they badmouth the aau coach their high school coach uh or another institution right or your colleagues who are recruiting that same kid and badmouth you uh to a recruit that you're recruiting same thing in an interview. It is frowned upon for you to badmouth, badmouth a former employee or people that you've worked at or people you've worked with or people that have worked with you. So don't badmouth anybody or any former institutions. You can find a clever way to articulate the issue that you had, um, and that goes back to practicing those answers.
0: Absolutely. And those are three great do's and don'ts. And one of the things you mentioned that when the question comes about is usually the softball question, we say, tell us a little bit about yourself." And you would believe how many people really stumble on that simple question because there's something that they don't practice. And as you mentioned, practice, practice, practice. Talk about some of the industry trends or something that people need to stay abreast of that you see maybe coming down the pipe for maybe opportunities in collegiate athletics, because we're moving in a different space. Um, in collegiate athletics, of course, you know, not just with the transfer portals, with the NIL. Um, there's a lot of changes. The NCA is now coming together to review some of the bylaws, some of the changes that's coming down the pike. Talk about some of the trends or opportunities you may see in collegiate athletics.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head with the first one, that NIL. Um, it is here. Um, well, it's not supposed to be paid for play, uh, it certainly looks a lot like that, um, and, and that's here to stay. So what the next five to 10 years looks like where, you know, quite frankly, if you're an administrator into the budget, the business side of things, um, or just recruiting certain caliber kids, um, you're going to have to figure out, because I think we're going into a, in an industry where I say, hey, I've got $100,000 for this kid to recruit. Do you want it to be applied to your school? Or do you want it to go into your pocket so you can pay your bills, right? Come play for me. Right. And so I think coaches need to kind of be two, three, four steps ahead of what this pay for play might look like. Uh, and the difference between that and what NIL is um, and the type of kid that they're going to try to recruit um, and promote in their program. Um, I think data and technology is huge um and so anybody who can get their fingers on creating digital media software promotions um you know i think we're going to a digital space right um and so how does that look with fan engagement right it's getting harder and harder to get people into your facilities right and so the data analytics as well not just the creative marketing side but the data analytics right of, you know, we're we're getting a lot more clever and being a lot more in tune to the student-athlete well-being. You hear that over and over again, right? But what does that really mean, right? You can click these machines on their back and it can tell you how many reps they've done in a practice and do I need to pull back in a game or pull back in practice, right? The mental health side of things, Right. Um, making sure that we have the resources that we need for that. Um, and again, fan engagement, data analysis, right? How do I make an in-game fan experience using data, using graphics? Um, I think those those things are going to be key. So if you can get your hands in the digital media space right now, or if you have that creative marketing juice, um, you know, creating the flyers for your, your recruits, uh, it's not flyers anymore, right? I mean, I used to sit no. there with full flyers and, Put them in envelopes and lick them and tape them. We're not in that space anymore, Um, you know. And so we have influencers. What does that look like? Um, And it's instant gratification. These kids are wanting these days. So um, I think those are a couple spaces. The other thing that's huge right now is esports. That is a monster right now, and it's growing at a rapid pace. I don't know what that's going to mean for the NCAA collegiate space. Um, But I know it's growing at a rapid pace. Um, So if you're on the university campus engaged with that and just trying to sit in on seminars or educate yourself of what that means, what that looks like. It's a growing space.
0: Yeah, you are correct. I'm I'm actually in that space and I would recommend don't let the NCA get involved in regulating that. Otherwise, it is going to turn into something that they wish they had. That's just my call. You know, as I when I talk to them, like, don't let them get involved, continue, create your own leagues, your own organizations, um, and don't let the NCA get involved with it. If you can keep them out of it. That's just my call on it. Um, you know, as well, and as you mentioned, analytics, data, data analytics is huge. The fan engagement piece. Everything is huge. And these are going to be opportunities in collegiate athletics, as you mentioned. If I had the technological skill to create some software, I wouldn't be talking to you now. I'll be creating everything under the sun uh, because of my background in collegiate athletics and understanding the space and understanding what exactly what is needed right now. But there's a great opportunity for that as, as well. Kelsey, the last question. I do this with all my guests. It's called word association. I say a word, you say the first thing that comes to mind. All right? Hey, Right. I'm ready. It's it's, it's, it's it's gonna be fairly easy, you know, for you. Women's basketball. Accelerated family, my life, Atlanta, my home, and Georgia State Athletics
1: best place in the entire world, man.
0: <laughs> well, Kelsey Roger, thank you for taking the time with us today. And I want to thank the viewers as well as the listeners for tuning in today. Join me next Friday with another exciting guest from both the collegiate world and the professional world. Until then, I am Daryl Jacobs, your host. Please stay healthy, stay safe, and see you next Friday.
1: T-minus 20 seconds. T-minus 20 seconds.